Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, right off the bat, everyone. Just want to say our Duggar deep dive is going to come later on. It might be this Friday or it might be next week. So sorry. Um, we ended up just doing some celebrity taught topics because there was a lot to discuss. And so we're going to save the Duggars for, you know, this week, later on or next week. Also want to drop a line. If you like this podcast, if it brings you joy, if it makes you laugh, if you think it's not totally embarrassing, please share it on your stories, post a link with your favorite episode or an episode you've recently liked. It really helps us grow. Literally just the act of sharing it on stories helps people like find out about it and it really helps us. So if you feel called to do that, please do. Okay, so let's get to the episode. Well, well, well. Hello. Another episode. Another episode. Am I triggering you by wearing this t-shirt? Oh my gosh. I hope Courtney's not listening to this episode. I am not a graphic tee person, personally. Only because they don't match my vibe. Wait, this has nothing to do with the fact that it's a graphic tee. It's it's what it says. Okay, I was just, I'm just going to finish that. I do think graphic tees okay. are cool and vintage and sick. It just is not my best look. It doesn't match my face and overall energy. Okay, it doesn't match my face is an insult to me. <laughs> Let's just talk. Okay, what does it say? Huey Lewis in the news. Oh, you want to talk about a story where we trauma, where I traumatized you. our mother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where you ruined something for our pure mom. Our mother, who did everything she could to give us a spectacular, beautiful childhood filled with joy, filled with effervescence, filled with pizzazz, you today want to drag me through the mud and show her how I rewarded her for all of the efforts and sacrifice she gave us as children by ruining the Huey Lewis in the News concert for her. You want to talk about that this morning? It's the first thing on my list. Why don't you tell the story then? Okay. What oh, happened, Chandler? What do you was want I, I don't even know if know? I was there. I don't know if I you was there. You were there. You were there. Well, I was probably too busy being an amazing daughter and picking up the pieces of the emotional wreckage that you incurred to notice that you were there. Okay. I'll tell this story really briefly because Chandler clearly thinks I don't have enough haters. And so I need a few more. So when Just a I few was more. 18 or 19, our mother wanted us to go to a Huey Lewis and the News concert with her. This is a band from back in her day. Okay. I had never listened to Huey Lewis and the News and I was not excited about this. I also didn't like outdoor events. I was a little bit more of a homebody at this time. I did not like anything that required a line or a lot of people. Right. right. So anyway, I would have preferred to just have stayed wrapped in my shawl, reading Pride and Prejudice in my you know childhood bedroom at 19 with like fever dreams of romance and I don't know, my intellectual scholarly pursuits than be it's dragged funny to... Be- 
go ahead. Well, I'll just say it's funny because you've kind of come full circle because I think in that day and age, you definitely thought rock and roll was like a scourge to humanity. <laughs> and I think you're back there with your Serena Joy phase. Yeah. Well, I think one of the journeys you take as an adult is returning to who you truly were as a child. And so that's true, Chandler. But anyway, long story short, I just put up a big fight. I didn't want to go to this concert and I yeah. found it to just... I thought the activity held at the Orange County Fairgrounds was going to be a garish one, to say the least, filled with all sorts of people with their spear sloshing out of the sides of their cups onto their sticky fingers on a hot, humid, Irvine, California, inland California evening. This was not something I was interested in. Um, right. But mom, mom insisted we attend with her. And so I proceeded. This is when everyone is going to be like, yes, I knew I hated her. <laughs> thank you Chandler for doing this to me I just then proceeded to any time like basically all throughout the concert I would just be like very loudly and obnoxiously I would be like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah Lauren <laughs> decided to make a fool of herself at the event and make everyone else who was cheering in an authentic way or you know from a pure place in their heart, look stupid. I'll just say that at the time, I did listen to Huey Lewis in the news. I still kind of do. And it was, a, it was a cute event the mom had planned for you know us and her two daughters. And so the fact that you made fun of her and all the other concert goers was really tremendously rude. I was listening to Puccini at that time. And so Huey Lewis in the news was on my radar. <laughs> Sorry, I was so obnoxious. I was, the, I was the type that would wear shawls and go to the symphony alone. And so this was not my milieu, Chandler. And yeah. I think I was just trying to adopt the energy of the crowd, which was celebratory and receptive to this more grungy, sonic experience. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Mom did not appreciate my no. very loud and faux enthusiasm. Right. And she said I ruined the concert for her mm -hmm, and it created mm -hmm. this huge fight. And the reality is that I never wanted to attend and she shouldn't have forced me to go, but I should not just been such a raging bitch too. So I just feel like it was high time for you to also explain when you ruined a concert for mom, because I've ruined a concert for mom. And oh. it's just like, Oh my God. We've shared that story. Everyone knows it. I'm not, I'm actually not no, in a no. place to retell it. I'm not no, in a place no. to retell you, it today. You, I'm sorry. I haven't actually taken to... my medicine, so I'm not in a place to retell it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chandler, but you want me to walk out in front of a bus? You're going to walk out in front of a bus this morning too and also be thrown under it. And I just want to say as a disclaimer, we're going to retell stories on this podcast because one of the uh, things that I think can be frustrating when I'm listening to other podcasts is when the mm -hmm. co-host will be like, we already told that story in another episode. So for the most people who probably haven't heard it, right? Most people have not listened to every single episode of this mm -hmm. podcast. They want to yep. hear it. And the loyalists who listen to every episode, they love a retelling. So let's, Chandler, walk everyone through memory lane. I don't lane. want to retell. Memory lane of when you were the world's shittiest daughter. I haven't meditated this morning. I'm not holding the emotional space You're to doing retell it. the story. Okay, I'll tell it's it. The only tell time, it? It's the only time in my life that I've truly been shitty. I think was literally those three mm. hours. I don't. I, I would disagree. You know, I've, I've had dalliances with, you know, being a little bit rude and selfish. But You've had dalliances this time, with this the was, shit before. Yeah, but I have never been this shitty. And since to this day, Lauren, you can tell it. No, no. 
trust me, my voice is heard well enough on this podcast, Chandler. So why don't you regale us with the tale? You were there. I was not. I just heard about it when the weeping and wailing of gnashing of teeth commenced upon your return home. Okay. Mom, McCall, and I had tickets to go see Brandon Flowers. Brandon Flowers is the lead singer of The Killers. Mom, if you're listening to this, I'm just going to give you a huge trigger warning because your blood pressure <laughs> is going to skyrocket as I re- retell this. McCall's our littlest sister. At the time, I think I was about 15 or 16. I think I was 16. McCall then would have been about 11. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to reveal mom's age. Um, Actually, I just don't know what it would have been at the time. So we had tickets to go see Brandon Flowers at the House of Blues, San Diego. Okay. You know, a, a small, intimate venue in, you know, the Southern California region. And mom had some friends that were also going to the concert who had VIP tickets for like the balcony area that was like 21 plus. Okay. But McCall and I had general admission. Okay. So we could like, you know, go and be amongst the, um, the moshers or whatever in the general admission area. Yes. Anyway, like the orchestra neither, pit or whatever. This is important. I'm, I'm sharing these, you know, logistical details because that, that is a critical part of this awful story. Hey, really quick. Sorry. Who paid for the tickets? That's neither here nor there. That who actually is for, just curious <laughs> who paid for, for the ticket. I'm sure. That, I'm sure mom paid for them. And then I was like, they can be a part of my birthday present or something. Right. Right. Nonetheless, okay. Deborah's credit card was used. Anyways, we arrive at the concert and we, you know, get to the doors and basically mom goes, you know, you go like scout out a place for you and McCall to stand and then come back and get McCall. And then I'll go up to the VIP section. And I'm like, great, I'll go down there. I'll see what the vibe is, you know, see where we can stand. And then I'll come back and get my call. Because I think for whatever reason, mom didn't want to just like send us both on our own. She wanted us to like find a spot. And then after she felt like we were in a safe place, go to the adult section. All right. right. And McCall, just to reiterate, McCall's little. She's like 10 at this time. Yeah, 10, 11. She's old enough. She would have been fine. She couldn't, <laughs> mom couldn't really leave her alone at a club. Yeah. I then, you know, like the submersible. I <laughs> detach myself from the mothership and I begin to, you know, go further and further into the crowd to find a spot for McCall and I to stand in. At this point, the show is completely going and Brandon Flowers is, you know, a very sexy man and he's giving up the performance of his life to this Southern California crowd and his pheromones are wafting over you. I get closer and closer to the stage and I realize I can't go back. I cannot go back because I will lose this close, you know, this this three rows away from Brandon Flowers' face spot. Because, you know, you know how that works at a concert where it's like you you find your spot and you stay there because people will try to push and, you know, and you got to like just maintain your ground. You can always push your way back, but continue. I didn't think I could and I wasn't willing to risk it for anybody. I don't have cell service. I do have my cell phone, but I don't have cell service, you know, in this grotto, a uh, part of the House of Blues. Anywho, mom and McCall proceed to then wait outside the venue for the duration of the concert. The bouncer does not, the bouncer for does you not to allow, come in, for you to come back to, to ostensibly keep, get McCall, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they inst- are left because you never return. So mom, to never a concert, she has paid for. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is, this they is could the just, part where I just, they could just hear the sound of the concert. Everyone says you're so likable that you're just like, you know, the best among us. Chandler has her own Achilles heel. Um, and I think that this tale is really illustrative of a, 
a part of her personality you may not be aware of. Like I said before, I am not in a place to revisit my past this morning, okay? But that's what we're doing. And that's what we're doing. It was the shittiest moment of my life to date, okay? It's, you know what, June 27th, happy birthday, dad. It was the worst thing I've ever done to date. I kept thinking in my head, I should go back, I should go back. But then the music loving, you know, indie girl inside me was like, stay, 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 like enjoy the concert. They'll be fine. McCall, they'll, they'll figure it out. The bouncer never allows mom and McCall to, you know, separate. He says she can't go in by herself. I think that was like one of the things McCall couldn't go by herself to like general admission because she wasn't like over 16. So mom could never leave her side. They could just hear the concert going, but never were allowed inside the venue itself. I'm dying. It's I like am my, my, dying. I'm like hot. It's the worst thing ever. It's so terrible and it's just so it's like beyond the pale of like teenage selfish behavior. It's like it's actually like the worst thing ever. I should have like it's I like should be evil. locked up. It's well, like I full, should be like yeah. It's full evil. Like in the battle versus good and evil, mm-hmm. you took the full side of evil on that fateful eve. Satan had me in his clutches that night. And the show ends, and then I just know, I just know that I'm gonna get in trouble. Okay, so what because was I, that like, but I also so think thought to myself out. maybe they were able to get in. Like I wasn't right, like wishful thinking. I, I, some wishful thinking was happening where I was like, I'm sure they were able to get in. Like I've just you know got separated from a call. It happens. I then ascend the stairs up to the street level where Mom and McCall are waiting for me, and Mom is shaking. She is so mad. She's shaking. She's shaking. I probably have never seen mom this mad because I, yeah, I mean, obviously I've never done something even to, to this even, day, like even within this realm of a degree of selfishness. I don't know. I do think I was the favorite child until that fateful night. Mom has never been more upset with me. She proceeds to shake and scream and yell. She has every right to do. It, it was the end of my life as far as I knew it. Um, I think I was grounded for a month. I think I definitely lost my cell phone for a long time. Yeah. And and to this day, when she brings it up or when it gets brought up, like I still feel sick to my stomach. Um, So if anyone has connections to Brandon Flowers or to the killers, I would love to, you know, repay and restore what I stole from my mom. And yeah. Anyways, Lauren, there you go. The worst thing I've ever done. Revisited. I am like, honestly, I'm not usually speechless. I'm usually a woman of many words, a champion of the long form, if you will. But telling you got that, that right, telling that tale, well, there's just no, no response. There's no response adequate to, to capture the gravity of the injustice you committed against our mom. So anyway, we should probably move on. Right. I wish that I could have just gone to juvie right after just so that I could have like paid my sentence, you know, made things right and then be absolved. But because I didn't, like I just, if I'm going to spend my lifetime making up for it. I mean, a short trip to the electric chair would have been quite efficient <laughs> to me to, <laughs> to really just have justice served. Okay. Um, anyway. Wow. Thank you. I actually... You know, we're talking some personal tales, you guys. I have my own personal tales this week, Chandler, that I wanted to to regale you with. Do you mind? Please, I have a few. I have a few as well. This could just be an entire episode of us just shooting the breeze. I just, I feel so sick about that story. Like, I need to like 
fast forward to the present day and remind myself that I'm a good person and that I like strive to be like good to my family and like because it truly sends me to like a, another place, another realm. And, yeah. Like, <sighs> no, I think that's yeah, what's let's move interesting on. about. I think that's what what's interesting about like doing things wrong or right mm-hmm. is that like regardless of if you get caught or not, you yeah. tend to suffer internal, you know, suffering. The the guilt is just so real and it never really goes away. And I don't think I've done very many things in my life that were like truly, truly wrong. You probably have, but I know I haven't. It like I'm sweating right now. No, my my moral compass has always been pointed north and I've always <laughs> been following it ardently with nary a turn in the path Chandler but let's just move on to my own little tales this week okay. so my marriage is over um, oh wow yeah it was it's June 27th happy birthday dad love you so so much um, you got another case on your hands another divorce coming right up yeah I need to call your office the law offices of John A. Bledsoe in Lake Forest California to handle the dissolution of my marriage because Chandler two dark things happened on Sunday night so Kagan and I were enjoying an evening together watching the Titanic Lauren as we made our descent into New York you know from our beloved Guana Island trip Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food like my Mm. clean simple eats protein powder Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimbleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimbleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Um, you got Kagan to watch the Titanic with you? Well, it's called Titanic. So I was watching Titanic. Um, okay, you got Kagan to watch Titanic with you. Yes. I was watching it. That doesn't seem like his vibe. It's not, but he cuddled up next to me and was enjoying it. It turns out that it is a really, really captivating movie experience. Anyway. Sure. um, So we are watching it together. We get to the end. Okay. And I don't know if anyone remembers what happens at the end in terms of Rose. So (laughs) you're curious if people have forgotten what happened at the end of Titanic. 
hey, anyone here forgot what happened to the end of the Titanic? Like, does it go down? Does it not? Are all those people, like, alive? <laughs> Do they make it to New York? No, okay. What I'm talking about is the, the uh, basically, Kate's tale of survival, or I'm sorry, Rose's tale of survival, mm-hmm. is... Is, is a winding one. So she gets on a lifeboat. She immediately gets off, right? Because she does, you know, she doesn't want to be with her mother, hates her mother, and needs to go after Jack. Yeah. Anyway, she goes after Jack. She uses okay. the sledgehammer. You're getting lost in the details. Long story short. <laughs> so she and Jack are together on the ship trying to survive, right? And they're running yes, around. Yes. Yeah. Um, swimming around. It's not yes. good. And yes. Cal, her mm-hmm. fiance at the time, he finds her. He puts his jacket around her. And anyway, there's this moment where Cal and Jack Dawson put Rose in another in a yeah. lifeboat. So this is her second time in the lifeboat. Right. 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 After she's already climbed out. Right after she's already climbed out once yep Mm -hmm. and so they're lowering her and anyway she gets out again she jumps out of the lifeboat all jumps onto the sinking ship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the most dangerous scary move ever first of all but also just like not smart bitch like just stay in your lifeboat stay in the lifeboat you've just probably never known a love like that well, anyway, so that was, I guess, what was revealed because I can't help myself and I go, girl, stay in the lifeboat. Stay put. Sit your ass down. Right, right. Anyway, I just kind of said that. And then the movie, yeah. we proceed to keep finishing it and then we, the movie's over. And yeah. so anyway, something comes up about like their love and I kind of like was like, you know, we're just like them. And he's like, really? We are. And I was like, Yeah. And he was like, well, you know, it's interesting because she died for him. And I heard you wanting her, wanting to stay in that lifeboat while we were watching. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, there's this movie. I think it is with Gael Garcia Bernal. This is like a 10 second thing, but he's, yeah. there's this movie with Gael Garcia Bernal. I can still can't pronounce his name. Man, Natalie Brennan's ex. It's this movie and basically he and his girlfriend are hiking through Patagonia with like this group and it's this very intense hike and they get approached by ne'er-do-wells and who pull a gun and he, he pushes the girlfriend in front of him and it's like this like cataclysmic moment in the relationship and the entire movie is about the fallout from that one action. Mm -hmm. And my utterance to Rose to sit her ass down in the lifeboat was that moment for our relationship where now- I think Kagan doubts my love. I think he thinks I would leave him to die on the Titanic. You and would. I'm like, I don't know what to, how to, how to move on from here, right. how to how move forward from yeah. here. And anyway, it's just been a lot to manage emotionally for us. <sighs> wow. Um, yeah. Wow. I'm so sorry you're going through that. I think there's a good chance that Kagan will recover. Probably not anytime soon. But you're going to have to spend the rest of your life reassuring him that your love might not be as as deep as Jack and Rose's, but it'll do. Well, I told him, I said, so you want me to get back on and die? Like, you did all that work to get me saved. Also, if that bitch had sat her ass down and just got lowered to see, he would have been able to, you know, lie on the doorframe 
Right, right. He wouldn't have had to stay in the water and die. So actually, she killed him by she jumping back him. on that ship. She killed him. Also, she would have had the blue diamond in her coat pocket. He could have been saved. They could have literally been set up for life together <laughs> if she had just sat her butt down in yeah. that lifeboat. Okay? She had diamond in her pocket. She had a lot of breath left in her lungs. So That's anyway, so that was my rebuttal. Wow. Well, I just want you to know that I I appreciate your take on Titanic, and Thank I think you. it's something that we've been missing, and you know, I'm just finally glad we got to get to it. I'm also not good in a crisis. Like, you really want me back on the ship trying to, like, totally. figure I'm this like, out with yeah. you? I think you no. want me out of here. No, literally. Um, the okay. other funny moment that we had was, like, it's, like, a one-minute story, but basically, yeah. we were talking about hall passes, and he was like, so let's just say you actually met your hall pass. Like, would you do it? Like, would you mm-hmm. actually hook up with them? Okay. Yeah. This is another fun yeah. conversation we were having. Great, great, fun conversation. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was hemming and hawing because I was like, I mean, I just can't imagine you actually being okay with it. Like, so yeah. I don't think I would. Like, totally. I mean, after this Titanic thing too, clearly <laughs> he is expecting undying love and commitment. Like, I got to get out my boat and pony show for this guy. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, you know, really kind of looking both directions. Right. right. Anyway. Who is your hall pass? King Charles. Um, no, so- your hall pass is not King Charles, Lauren. No, I, I, hall pass is fully not King Charles. Who is, I feel um, like it's like Alexander Skarsgård or something. No, I know this is corny, but it's, it's James Marsden in the notebook is my hall pass. <laughs> James Marsden is your hall pass? In the notebook, yeah. Lot? Yeah. No, it's, I think it's, is it Cal? It's another Cal? No, Cal, I thought Cal was in the, in Titanic. His name Hang is on a second. Hammond. James Marsden? James Marsden, the guy who was in Enchanted? James right? Marsden, the guy who was in the notebook. The guy who um, I literally, who's just like token hot white guy, like in every single like B- Oh my gosh, Lauren. Well, okay. I mean, he literally is perfect looking and also in the notebook. He he's just so he is so sweet to her. He is mm-hmm. so kind to her. They're mm-hmm. going to live an incredible life. He's deeply in love with her. He's set up for success. Meanwhile, Noah over here needs to think bigger than the shipyard, okay? It's funny because I feel like Noah would be the hall pass because Noah's like this person you have like this like crazy fiery connection with that's almost too burns too bright. Interesting. I'm sure okay. when, you're, when you're 18, that's what you're looking for, right? It's like sexual chemistry is first and foremost. But the guy who like um, maybe doesn't have a drinking problem, who has a job, <laughs> whose family has generational wealth, be- it's like, girl, girl, let's let's make a pro con list real quick. Anyway, so my so we're discussing hall passes, and he says, "Would you yeah. actually do it?" Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, if your feelings are totally good, I know you're totally fine. We're going to make it. Our relationship is going to be mm-hmm, unimpacted. Mm-hmm. Right. Then I was like, okay, well, here's my questions. Like, what has the night been like? Is he flirting with me? Are we at totally. a party where he's looking at me yeah. from across the room? Yeah. Is he pulling me aside for a little conversation? Is right. he asking me to go get a drink with him in a late mm-hmm. night dinner? Is he looking deeply mm-hmm. into my eyes? Is he in love with me? Is right. he obsessed with me? Is yeah. he willing to change his entire life to be with me? Is he, mm-hmm. you know, is he beguiled, bewitched under totally. my, he's just completely enraptured by me. Right. Full Taylor Swift song. And Kagan's just like, you are ridiculous. He was like, that doesn't matter 
at all for men. He's like, that doesn't matter at all. Right? He's like, like if, if my whole pass is literally in, if she's blinking once, it's a go. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my like gosh. If, if she, if it's consensual, it's a if go. If it's consensual and she's alive, he's apparently ready to roll. Yeah. There's no, there has, it's like, there's gotta be no emotional connection. Essentially. It's he's like the like, emotional connection scrapped. That's what I said to him. I was like, so, so she has like no idea who you are, you know, and like has right. no feelings for you. He's like, that sounds hot. I was like, oh <laughs> my <laughs> gosh. Like I am getting a divorce. Yeah. I mean, I'm stealing this quote from some of my favorite people on Instagram, but men are not people. Men aren't people. I'll just say it. <laughs> well, and the whole point was he was trying to, he was trying to say like female and male sexuality is yes. so different. Right, right. And that's why if you're in an open relationship, like that's why they usually don't work because men exercise their optionality a lot more mm-hmm. than women do. Right. And it just creates all sorts of problems because women right. most of the time, don't at me, are not that interested in just like screwing someone based on the criteria that they're hot and blinking. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, it's so funny. I actually have, sorry, I'm, this is personal story galore episode. Apologies. But I have, I have two things to say. I actually had a conversation with Ben about hall passes this weekend. It's funny that this happened with you because basically on Saturday night, Ben and I had the most exquisite meal at Rosella. We had like the most gorgeous dinner date where we were like having the stunning meal and like they were pairing every single dish with like a new natural wine. And it was just like exquisite is the way I'm going to describe it. Because for me, at least like I, one of my like simple pleasures in life is like seeing Ben enjoy food. And like, mm, I, you know, I, that's so fun. It, that's not a niche thing, but I just like, that's something that I love. And so anyways, yeah. we just like have like this two and a half hour dinner where we're just like, it's been a hellish couple of months for me. And we're just like finally getting to like have a proper dinner date. And mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. Anyways, it's like, it really was one of our like more romantic meals in a very long time. Anyway, it's so good. I'm like, let's keep the good vibes going. Like we got a little drunk and I was like, let's go walk around. So we like go and we're like a little tipsy. We're walking around like the Lower East Side. It's very cute and fun. And then I'm like, let's go get a piercing. Not him, me. I wanted to get my a pierce, an ear piercing. Oh my gosh, our mother. I hope she's not listening to this episode. Of course, I'm a sorry. drunk piercing could not be further from the Bledsoe brand. She was trying to raise us to it a was, fold. Honestly, and for the record, I just got a, a place that I'd already gotten pierced, re-pierced, that had reclosed. So, you know, I didn't get <laughs> she like... She got her first hole in her ear re-pierced. <laughs> I got like my, anyways, it's like halfway up my ear. Anyways, it was like a gorgeous night that was like so fun. And then we're like, we're at this like late night piercing shop and it was just like darling. And it was honestly a really cute, special memory. And so then you proceeded to talk about having sex with other people? No. Well, let me get to the end of the story. I go to sleep that night. I go to sleep that night beyond in love with my boyfriend. Okay. Just so ready for the future ahead of us. Yeah. And well, 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 in my dream. Okay. I'm at some type of summer camp with Julian Casablancas, who is the lead singer of The Strokes. And let me tell you, he is so into me in this dream. He thinks it's so hot that they were my favorite band when I was in middle school and high school. He's so obsessed with me. And also, he's like now divorced, and I do keep tabs on him. And so anyways, he's, he's in the single realm. In my dream, we're like about to hook up. But I know that Ben is like in my life, okay? I think yeah, I, I think Ben is in my life in my dream, but I'm just like, okay. I'm like, he's so into me. Like, this is like, this is literally like my biggest like childhood crush, like whatever. 
bigger than Harry Styles, bigger than anyone else. And he's not attractive for the record. He's not attractive, but he is, you know, who he is. So I wake up the next morning. We Nothing happens in the dream for the record, but there, it was just on the table and I was not saying no. Okay. No. Yeah. So I tell Ben the next morning and he reminds me, I said, just so you know, I did have a dream last night that Julian Casablancas was into me, super into me, and things were probably going to happen. And <laughs> and he then, you know, takes it upon himself to remind me that my hall pass has already been used. Wait, what? Which I will then share this quick story because my hall pass has already been used. It was used about a year ago, year and a half ago. One night, Lauren and I went to watch What Happens Live with Heather Gay. All right. And we end up partying with, you know, people who were on that show and friends of theirs. We go out. We're with Heather, Maude Apatow, Lucas Gage, some of their other friends. We're out and about. Things are happening. All right. We're having a great time. Do you remember this at all? Is this, of course. Yeah, yes. I was Well, there. do you remember this night? But do you remember what happened? No, I don't remember you betraying your boyfriend. That one slipped my radar. Well, I didn't betray my boyfriend. For the record, from my vantage point, I did not betray my boyfriend. We're sitting around the table and Lucas Gage is sitting next to me. Lucas Gage mm. is like the guy from White Lotus. He's also gay. He just married an, another man. He just married Chris Appleton. Yeah, Chris Appleton. I almost said Chris Stapleton. Chris Appleton. He's sitting next to me. I just have had a garlic knot and we're having a great time. Vibes are good. I turned him and I go, do I have garlic breath? Okay. Just a, a thing you ask celebrities when you're hanging out with them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Then he proceeds to kiss me on the mouth. He, lay, he plants don't one on me. This. You don't remember okay. this at all? No, so then I don't he, remember. I go, do I have garlic breath? And then he just gives me like a peck. And I instantly am just like, oh my gosh. Like I still feel so much guilt. I feel like all of a sudden, like, what have I done? Like, I did not ask for this kiss, whatever, whatever. Also, I just want to say it was not like sexually aggressive or anything like that. So I don't feel like I, I think was, we like, get the know, picture. This is an innocent peck. Yeah. And, an innocent peck. Anyways, I have to tell Ben the next day, which I honestly was nervous about. Not because I thought totally be, like, raging, but I'm just like, oh, this thing happened that I didn't want to have happen. I didn't. I'm not into this person. You guys can look at sure. He's not my type. For sure. He's like, he is a gay man. He's not my type. So that is the story of how I use my hall pass and why I can no longer even have dreams about using it because it's already been used. The thing is, is I think gay men fall under the same category as women where a nary friendship kiss on a bleary eyed evening that it can be entirely innocent. Okay. I know. I know. So your hall pass remains unused. Sorry, Ben. That's, that's actually extremely gratuitous and selfish of him. It is. That, it that absolutely was your is. hall pass. Right. So right. I recommend bringing that up in therapy next time mm-hmm. you guys go. Thank you. Um, should we talk, Chandler, about all of the kerfuffle going on with the Duchess of Sussex? Because it has not been a good week for the House of Montecito. <sighs> wow. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about it. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, 
everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. So there's a Wall Street Journal article that came out that is just so blistering. And I want to read you a few quotes. I want to read all of our listeners a few quotes because I'm going to assume almost no one has read it because Wall Street Journal has one of the most intense paywalls to get past. I actually had to literally (laughs) pay for it to get this article, which I've always been able to get past the paywall. This article about Meghan Markle. Yeah, this Wall Street Journal article. The title of the article is Harry and Meghan produce a Hollywood flop, colon, themselves. They (sighs) arrived three years ago with royal star power amid a streaming boom and have notched more cancellations and rejections than produced shows. Okay, so one thing to note is that this was on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. It appeared online, obviously, when people picked up their physical copies of Wall Street Journal and then opened it beneath the fold. This was on the front page. Like, that is so embarrassing for Meghan and Harry. Also, the Wall Street Journal is like highbrow news. Like, this I'm actually not a little shocked the that they're on reporting on, the, on this. This yeah. is not New York Post. And that headline is really scathing. A hundred percent. It's not like Marion Hagen find tr- find you know experience you issues. Marion Hagen. Sorry. Just leave it in. I love it. Harry, yes, just leave it in. Harry and Meghan, you know, have trouble finding their, you know, Dior enclosed footing in right. Montecito, in Hollywood's Montecito or whatever. No, it's Harry and Meghan produce a Hollywood flop themselves. Like that is the Mail on Sunday wishes. That is fully mm-hmm. a tabloid headline. And this is in a respected paper. So this is what the article reads. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle had been out of the UK for nearly two years when they began work on a project they believe could transform them from former royals to Hollywood power players. Mm. The subject of endless gossip and rumors, the couple felt qualified to tackle the thorny topic of misinformation. A documentary would cement Harry and Meghan as serious creative types and help shed their reputation as exiles from the House of Windsor trading family dirt for eyeballs. I mean, that really is the crux of their challenge, right? They are coming with gossip to spell and to shill, but what they signed deals for was to be like Hollywood power players who were actually like creative geniuses. Like the type of talent that is required in order to write and produce and create, or just at least produce the kind of shows that are going to be massive hits for these big streamers. Like People have worked their entire lives Mm -hmm. to develop the content that is going to hit it out of the park. The idea that Harry and Meghan with zero experience producing anything are just going to magically have talent at it. Yes. I think that's such a good point. 
just because you are born a blue blood or royalty does not mean that you are naturally gifted or talented. No, what it- other royals are like have successful talent based careers? I can't think of one. So after this article came out at the Cannes Lions Advertising Festival last week, Jeremy Zimmer, who's the CEO of United Talent Agency, slammed Megan and said, turns out Megan Markle was not a great audio talent or necessarily any kind of talent. Mm-hmm. He literally said what you just said. Just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean you're going to be good at something. Right, and apparently, right. and, yeah. And also, like, she didn't just want to be like, good at acting or good at being like, you know, a public figure. She wanted to be good at talking about very, you know, highbrow, high level subjects. She wanted to be like a philosopher, essentially. She wanted to be like Michelle Obama. Yeah. She wanted to be like Michelle Obama. The problem is, is like, girlfriend, if you want to be Michelle Obama, you have to actually do the work to be Michelle Obama. Yes. You better go to law school. You totally. Better, you know, work like in community organizing or mm-hmm. work in like like Michelle Obama has like an actual pedigree of right. real work experience. Right. Michelle Obama just wasn't trying to be a global superstar mm-hmm. out the gate. You know, right. that just like happened to her. That being said, I don't know. I just like, is it a little bit rich for us to be talking about this? Like, no, this is exactly okay. what we're supposed to do. Why would it be? No, rich? I know. Well, we're not trying know. to be just, Michelle Obama. That's what I kind of want to say. Like, it's like, also for the record, Megan, we want to see the TIG. You know, we, we're happy to have you be like public figure influencer, like talking about your taste, like would love to see all that um, because that to me is like a little bit more of like the, the natural vein for her versus being like this Michelle Obama type figure. Yeah. And Chandler, the thing is, though, is like Megan is just getting in her own way. Like she is her own Mm -hmm. enemy. Um, One of our really astute listeners wrote in. uh, I'm just going to actually read her comment because I thought it was extremely insightful. And this is another thing I want to say. I do have a little schadenfreude when I see that Megan was not able to just out the gate be a huge podcast talent as two total nobodies who are trying to podcast yeah i do think i do experience a little shot in florida not because i want to see megan fail but because i know that like you just don't get to have your cake and eat it too like you don't get to put everything on the line you know spill the details of your life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let everyone into the inner world of your psychoses and neuroses and display your kind of like penchant for gossip and the lowbrow right. you don't get to just like do none of that and become a wild success because mm-hmm. you're talking about like noble causes like sorry but you actually have to like kind of give people the juice and that requires like honestly like bleeding out on the table for people a little bit and just hoping it works and like you just don't get the success without the sacrifice i think what literally is as well it's like she didn't want to be actually vulnerable she wanted to be like pseudo vulnerable where she's like i'm gonna talk about this time where you know someone didn't treat me perfectly or i'm gonna talk about this time where i felt like i was you know treated negatively like but it wasn't in like the stories never came across as her actually being vulnerable it just came across as like weird virtue signaling like pseudo vulnerable stories if that makes sense 
For sure. And I think people found her to be extremely disingenuous whenever Mm -hmm. she would describe. I mean, I won't even go there, but okay. So this is what our dear listener, Jennifer commented. She said, Megan's artifice is the very thing she must not only surrender if she wants a career in any way that's not at a desk, but it's the thing that she has condemned the Royal family for the falsehood, the facade, the veneer that she said made the firm cold and unfeeling is the same fountain she drinks from that is making her boring and overly Mm -hmm. virtuous and inauthentic. Angelina Jolie has a tattoo that says, what nourishes me destroys me. Megan's austerity that she has wielded like a sword of superiority is perhaps the weapon she will die by, metaphorically, if she can't just be normal. Yes. Yes. Incredible. Look at this listener. This listener is brilliant. A finger on the pulse. Yeah. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. And that's just like my point is like, we didn't get the small amount of traction we have received as two podcasters starting out with a a combined a thousand Instagram followers, like starting out from being total nobodies. We didn't do that by creating episodes that just serve to like make us seem like the most vanilla, boring, nice, perfect people on the planet. Like we got there by like kind of throwing ourselves under the bus. Like we did at the beginning of this episode. Totally. I mean, also I'll take it a step further. I don't think it's just like her putting out vanilla content, which it is. I think it's also like it's self-aggrandizing content. Mm -hmm. It's stuff where like, look at how beautifully I acted in this moment. And the lesson I just, you know, I'm teaching you with this story where I'm, you know, telling Archie, like, you know, some people are experiencing homeless or no, they're in between homes. Like, I'm going to tell you this story and it's also going to reveal how good of a person I am. Like people can sniff that out in a second and it's annoying. And also just nobody wants to listen to it. People are so smart and they can really sniff out inauthenticity very mm-hmm. quickly. Um, also, like the whole point of relatability is sharing like a shared suffering or a shared moment of fallibility. Like someone once said, like, does Kagan care that he's kind of portrayed negatively on the podcast? And can you imagine if I got on here and just said every perfect thing he did? Right, like, right. Like every moment in our relationship that was just incandescent perfection, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the joy I take and how attractive I find him. Like people would turn that shit off right, as they right. vomited, okay? Right. No one wants to hear it. Mm-hmm, they want to hear mm-hmm. about how, you know, he, he just needs Emirata blinking, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like that's what they want to hear. They want to hear what's relatable. Well, it's 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 about being relatable. Like it's literally 100%. about being relatable. I think for every unrelatable moment you have to share that you might want to share, you need to share three to four unrelatable moments, I guess. Like 10. Yeah. To keep it interesting. And so anyway, what's so interesting, Chandler, is that's what she's been unwilling to do. Right. And I think that if she had done that on the massive platform she was offered with Spotify and with Netflix, it would have been a raging success. I it really believe that. It would I mean, have I would have loved it. I would love nothing more than like the <laughs> actual like peek behind the curtain reality TV show, Megan and Harry content. Girlfriend, can I get a Cartier unboxing of your $100,000 Justin Clue necklace? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that too much to ask? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think so. Okay. She has all of the raw material Mm -hmm. people have gone so much further and done so much better in their stats with so much less right right like just shut up and make some green goddess dressing on youtube and your gorgeous montecito kitchen oh it's all i want your well-lit kitchen is ina garten really like just so beneath you megan anyway 
she could literally just do a cooking show. She could do a cooking show that's like ASMR, making roast kitchen mm-hmm. and just laughing and being pretty and totally. people would like it. As long as it didn't come with like talking about like feminist chickens, we are good. So anyway, yeah. okay. So the article continues. This is just like so much juice in here. So a team assigned to the job at the pair's Los Angeles-based production company, Archwell, had questions for H&M, as the Sussexes are known to their employees. Would the misinformation project be a feature film or a series? Who would host it? Would it be historical or contemporary? Would Harry or Meghan appear in it? Would Meghan discuss her bitter history with British tabloids? Mm, And if mm -hmm. not, who would want to watch? Right. The couple had few answers, according to people familiar with the inner workings of Archwell and Harry and Meghan's deal with the streamers. The misinformation documentary soon met the fate of other Archwell projects and faded away. Prince Harry and Meghan's Hollywood foray is looking like a flop. They arrived in Southern California three years ago with their Duke and Duchess titles and plans to capitalize on a cash-rich streaming business desperate for star power to lure subscribers. The big ticket deals that followed, $100 million at Netflix and more than $20 million at Spotify, have led to more cancellations and rejections than produced shows. The couple showed they could mine their personal stories. Prince Harry's memoir Spare became a bestseller, and the six-part documentary that they produced for Netflix about their break from the royal family proved popular. That aside, they have struggled to make content that stretched mm-hmm. beyond their own experiences. The graveyard of projects they hope to make include an animated children's show called Pearl that was canceled by Netflix, as well as at least two TV ideas that the streaming service rejected within the past year. The Spotify Pact produced a podcast, Archetypes, about the stereotypes that hold women back. A second season was discussed, but eventually next. Oh my gosh. It's just, let me see. So one thing that adds a little color to this whole tale Mm -hmm. and some like behind the scenes gossip is that basically Harry and Megan, the reason why they were called grifters is that they were always trying to get stuff for free. So they would like ask to fly on the private jet of, you know, one of the executives at Spotify or Netflix, one of the, I think it was Spotify to go like, you know, do some recordings in a beach house or something like that to do some work and maybe some ideation, brainstorming anyway. And apparently they did. And they were at a dinner with like some other powerful, very rich people who Mm -hmm. also had a beach home. And apparently Megan like singled out this really wealthy (gasps) woman and was like kind of like ingratiating herself with her. And the next day, Harry texted to ask if they could borrow their beach house. So I guess the woman says yes, to be nice. And then Harry responds and asks if they can take their private jet to go to the beach (gasps) house. Yeah. Like, who? I'm sorry. It's so tacky and embarrassing. And it is so entitled. Mm -hmm. It is Mm -hmm. so entitled. How did you get this tea? This tea is is very <laughs> this tea is very for real. Um I don't remember <laughs> where I got it though. I heard it on another podcast and then I know that I read an article about it. So anyway, the tea is out wow. there. Yeah, but I think that That's was like crazy. maybe an off the record story that was told yeah. at Cannes or something. But yeah. Yeah. Wowza. So anyway, um let's see here if there's anything else from this article that's like super juicy. Archwell employees and associates say the company often lacks direction and that its founders at times seem surprised by the work required to finish entertainment projects. Most potential initiatives, they say, follow the same route. Big idea, subpar execution. Yep. I just want to say, I don't want them to just fade to the background and never you know, hear from them again. I want content from them. I just don't want the content that they think that 
I just don't want the content that I think they are only interested in producing and not right. even producing well. I mean, I won't put it this actually. No, I'm not going to say that at all because it'd be disrespectful to Taylor Swift. Um, I was about to say it's like Taylor. If Taylor Swift wanted to be a painter, it's like Taylor, you have a talent. We're going to need you to sing and write songs. Just show no. and sing. <laughs> Taylor, Miss Taylor, Miss Taylor Allison Swift. Like, sorry, but a career in the visual arts is not going to work. No, that's an insult yeah. to Taylor Swift, who would truly be good at anything on this earth, even philanthropy. Yeah, I had mixed thoughts about her directing career, but that's actually true. Taylor Swift cannot style, cannot do anything. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Anyway, it was also leaked and revealed that Megan wrote Taylor Swift a handwritten note asking her very thoughtfully to please come on her podcast. And -hmm. apparently Taylor Swift declined through a representative. So didn't even, you know, give her the favor of a personal reply. And I find that to be so interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious as to your thoughts on why Taylor declined that invitation. I think, first of all, this has Tree Payne's paws all over it. Mm. First of all, Taylor also doesn't do a lot of big interviews. You For know, sure. like I, she just doesn't have to straight up. So I don't think she needs to like come on archetypes and like, you know, get any more publicity from it. And I also just think Megan and Harry are messy. And I don't think that Taylor wanted to align with their at times messy brand. I think you're absolutely onto something. I also think that Taylor Swift has met Prince William. I think there's probably a loyalty to the most powerful family on earth. I think Mm. Taylor Swift didn't get to where she is today because she's dumb. I think she got there because she is smart. And I think that she sees that it would be unwise to associate herself with the like grifters and social climbers in Santa Barbara rather than the, you know, head of the British right. empire. I think she's like pretty, it's all very clear to her. This makes me want to look at actually who appeared on archetypes. I'm going to look at this. It really was quick. Paris Hilton. It was, apparently they wanted to get like Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama. They wanted to get very, very rarefied types, but they could get Paris Hilton, I mean, Mariah Carey, Jamila Jamil checks oh out. Gosh. Classic. There was like Trevor Noah, Andy Cohen, but like Serena Williams, Mindy Kaling. I mean, to be honest, I would say this tier of celebrities is not top, top tier. No, this and is Taylor, not I would A-list. say Taylor Swift is like superstar, mega star, super A-list, super, super A-list. Like if Michelle Obama was on it, that'd be one thing. But like she wasn't on it, you know? There's a lot of reports online that Michelle Obama is trying to distance herself from Meghan Markle. Really? Yeah, so Megan and apparently, so this is the report. So Megan and Michelle met for tea, and this is when yeah. Megan was still in the Royals. And apparently, yeah. the way that Megan talked about the Queen was so disrespectful <gasps> that it like apparently what? made Michelle Obama like nauseous, or like it made her like really upset, or like it right. really freaked her out. The way you can everyone could Google Michelle Obama. This is according to Tom Brower. Yeah, Michelle Obama was like very unsettled after meeting with Meghan Markle. And she said that Meghan was clearly unaware of how much mm-hmm. respect her and Barack had for the queen. Right, right. I mean, I'm sorry, but Michelle and Barack, dignitaries, the queen, dignitary of all dignitaries, like you have to know that there is a line. And I think there's probably a way to throw some shade while still, you know, being respectful. But if if you're going to show up to lunch with Michelle Obama and then expect her to just want to like gab and gossip just about the queen, the queen with you, like after Michelle Obama was the first lady of the United States, like, 
I literally good worship at the, at the feet of Michelle Obama. Like, good luck. Like, you are going to come across as someone who doesn't know your place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, apparently Michelle Obama gave a mm. quote. Like, what would your advice be to Megan? And her quote was like, this was after they departed. Mm -hmm. And her quote was like, don't do anything too quickly. Really take your time. Mm -hmm. Basically trying to say like, slow your roll, girl. Right, right. Politics aside, Michelle Obama is a true class act. And Megan would do well to take note. And also Michelle Obama is like infinitely relatable. We're not going to, you know, talk about politics. But I also just think, I think Michelle Obama is a very good person to her core. Yeah, and like, isn't it ironic that Barack Obama admits to watching more TV than Meghan Markle? Like, isn't that kind of funny? Barack Obama having like a Spotify playlist that's like cute and great. Like, it's just, <sighs> yeah. Anyways. My th- my theory, I've expressed this before, 20 seconds left on Meghan Markle, everyone. But yeah. my theory is that it's kind of like, I don't know if you, anyone ever told a lie about themselves in elementary school and like, you're kind of like, you're so dumb at that age that you think you can kind yeah. of get away with it. And then basically right. what you've done is you painted yourself into this corner where you have to lie constantly. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember saying something stupid in like the third grade and it just came back to haunt me daily as I did defend my, you know, little white lie. Anyway, point being, I think that Meghan Markle began her relationship with Prince Harry putting on such airs. Mm-hmm. Like really saying, I have no idea who you are. Really saying that my guiding life force is volunteering. She was yeah. not herself. And I think that if she was to just kind of like break character drop it. and be relatable and drop the mask, Carrie would see but, that he, that she was disingenuous from the start. I don't think that it's, it's that black and white where she like, you know, suddenly has a slightly less interest in volunteering and was like, maybe I'll get back into the TIG. I mean, she's already supposed to be restarting the blog. Like, I just, I don't think that it's that black and white for Harry. Again, she's there. She's blinking. He's probably ready to go. <laughs> it's like, he doesn't care about how the scale of how much she likes to volunteer. Right. And, and yeah. Yeah. Also, so the most interesting thing about this is they started with these crazy deals with these huge behemoths and then they tried to do the PBS adjacent programming no one cared about. Mm -hmm. So now I think that they are legitimately going to go in the way of like a Bethany Frankel and they're going to have to truly prostrate themselves before the masses with some sort of actual YouTube content. Like I think that their only path to monetization and like trying desperately to build the kind of wealth needed in order to maintain their lifestyle Mm -hmm. is through pandering to what people want. And just honestly on less of a, like with less big brands and producing power behind them. They're honestly having to like reverse back into a monetization because like they're starting with big brands and now they like can no longer maintain those deals. And so they're going to have to like go back to like literally like us, YouTube influencing, like all those things that like grassroots things that normal people just try to do to like get up off the ground. Like they're going to have to like reverse back into that. Yeah, it's very, it'll be very interesting to see what comes from them. Um, It is rumored that the TIG is coming back that in the next couple yeah. months. Um, it was also rumored, though, that Megan would be signing with Dior. Apparently, that is not happening. Dior was like, yeah. we don't know where this no. came from. No, literally. I mean, what fashion house wants to align with the enemies of the British royal family? Like, no. oh, you think Cartier? Right. Cartier, who has, yeah. like, bejeweled kings and queens mm-hmm. for generations, is going to want to get with the traitor? I don't think right. so. Um, okay. What other okay. celebrity news that we got to get off of the Markles? Okay. So everyone before Taylor Swift surprised fans with her performance of Dear John, she 
gave a address to the audience and, you know, to the concert goers where she basically asked fans to act with kindness and gentleness as her album Speak Now comes out. Okay. And she said, I'm not putting this album out so that you can go and should feel the need to defend me on the internet against someone you think I might have written a song about 14 million years ago. So, and then she proceeds to, I think, play Dear John after that, which is obviously the song (sighs) allegedly about John Mayer. So I actually have two different thoughts about this. Please. When I first heard about it, I thought growth queen, you know, she Mm -hmm. is the epitome of someone who knows her power and and knows when to use it for good, knows when to focus Taylor Nation on goodness and truth and kindness. And I do think that she has, for the most part, grown past you know, being 19 and those relationships. And obviously it would be annoying to have it look like you're still burning with rage over a relationship you had when you were 19, you know, and and the bittersweet truth is that this stain will never go away for John Mayer and she will just continue to make quadruple what he will ever make. And she will, her star will just burn brighter and brighter. Now, that being said, I do think she wrote that song would have, could have, should have. And yeah, I she do did. Think, she sure did. And that she song sure is on Midnight's. And that is the the song where my theory starts to crumble a little bit because that song is very clearly also about John Mayer. She references being 19. She says, give me back my girlhood. It was mine first. Like, it's a scathing song. And oh, she released that on her, on her most recent album. The song details her relationship with an older man when she was 19, with all signs clearly pointed to John Mayer. Interestingly, the track was released when Taylor was 32, the same age the singer was when he dated the then teenage Mm -hmm. Taylor. The lyrics are incredibly telling, painting a picture of her loss of innocence through the toxic relationship. I damn sure never would have danced with the devil at 19. Right. And the God's honest truth is that the pain was heaven. And now that I'm grown, I'm scared of ghosts. Memories feel like weapons. And now that I know, I wish you'd left me wondering. I do not think that she no longer cares about what happened to her when she was 19. Which is... Which is why Taylor just kind of always baffles me because she's releasing new, not from the vault songs. I don't believe would have, could have, should have is from the vault. She's releasing new songs that she wrote 10, 12 years later. And, but is also telling fans that she doesn't care anymore. I'm sorry, Chandler, but is it straining your credulity? It is. I just, I love her so much. And I, and I do think she wants to still write songs about it, but I don't believe that she wants, you know, all of the trolls online to, you know, be like pointed at John Mayer. You know, she, I don't think she wants that mess on her hands. I think that it's kind of like if you're talking to your ex-boyfriend's friends, you've randomly run into them, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever you say is going to get back to them. That's where you're like, Oh, sorry. What was his last name again? Right. Oh my gosh. I almost forgot. We dated. Mm-hmm. It was, we dated for four years and he mm-hmm. broke my heart and he, you know, tortured and killed my soul. I forgot that happened. I think that she's putting on a little bit of a show knowing it's going to, John is going to see the video of her at the mm-hmm. concert saying that. Mm-hmm. And again, we love the relatable Taylor. We love the relatable queen who still gives many shits about what went right. down 14 years ago. Yes. Lauren, totally agree. Yeah, she just, she always gives us something to chew on. That's so true. 
I love that woman. Anyway, very interesting. I will absolutely be doxing. I already have a, an entire army on 4chan of warriors against John Mayer. Um, I think I'm going to have an army outside of his Beverly Hills enclave. The day that Speak Now is released on July 7th. They're gearing up now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but if someone w- does want to lead the charge, LFG. I mean, it's just John Mayer is just pitiful in comparison to her. Like he's just like pitiful. Nothing 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 is there's no water under the bridge when it comes to anything that has been committed against one taylor allison swift for me personally Mm -hmm. you know so nothing is forgotten and there is no forgiveness for john no apologies i have none sorry taylor he also wrote that like response song. I think Paper Doll is like supposed oh, to be yeah. about Taylor. And it just like I have the lyrics. The most Do you want me to read forgettable it? song. Yeah. I know. You have okay. you have some thoughts prepared about their relationship. I do, but we're over time, and so we're just gonna have to keep it brief. In his track Paper Doll, John detailed an ex who was good to, in quotes, and puts the blame of the split black onto the girl who was a little paper doll, in quotes, oh my and too gosh. fragile to handle the relationship. There were many similarities between the lyrics of Paper Doll and Dear John, all but confirming the track was about Taylor. So here are some lyrics. He says, here's a dress of gold and blue, which could be a reference to the outfits she wore when they performed on stage together. And then the lyric, someone's got to paint you another sky. Lyric calls back to Dear John Lyric, paint me a blue sky and go back and turn it to rain. Meanwhile, Mm. the track central chorus says, you're like 22 girls in one and none of them know what they're running from. He sucks. Uh, Oh, so, so we wonder which song... So when, what song of Taylor's does this refer to, Chandler? Oh, probably 22, okay, which was just mm-hmm. released. Um, right. After Taylor and Joe Allen sp- reportedly split in early April, John, so this is just now, okay, John has been stoking okay. this flame. John decides to play Paper Doll that weekend. He also called the song a little bitchy. In a clip posted online, John said of the song's bad reputation, I wonder if people don't like it because it sounds a little pissed off. I don't really like Pissed Off. As a song, I think it was more hurt, but I think there might be something about it that's a little bitchy. I try not to get bitchiness in the song, but it happens sometimes. Swifties were not very happy with Joan for performing the supposed Taylor diss track on the same day her split with Joe was made public. Wow. I'm sorry, but again, this is... Can we get Ryan Gosling in the rain to just say this wasn't over it still isn't over it still isn't over wow i just got the chills it still isn't over (laughs) wow i didn't know that he played that wow so just celebrities are so fascinating like they're just always sending each other smoke signals or not even smoke signals just actual signals yeah chandler it's actual signals and Mm -hmm. it's absolutely delicious to to enjoy to watch to chat with you about on this fine Tuesday morning. Happy birthday to our dad. We love our dad so much. He is truly the wind beneath our wings and just the most wonderful, wonderful man. And so we want, do want to wish him a very warm, happy yes. birthday. Sorry, dad, that we don't have any tales of betrayal for you at, at concerts, but you always had the good sense to not force us to go to anything we didn't want to go to and never go to a The Killers concert. So good job. It's true. Dad, love you so much. Uh, sorry we talked about Taylor Swift. I know you don't love her as much as you used to. So apologies for doing that on your birthday. Yeah. What happened? How did Taylor betray her father? Her politics. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. 
Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pop Apologist. If you've enjoyed it, please share it on your stories. Include a link. Use the link sticker on Instagram mm-hmm. so people can easily tap and listen. Shout us out, tag us, so we'll repost it and then send you our undying gratitude. We will be back on Friday with a deep dive on the Patreon, on the Duggars. So we're going to do that on Friday on Patreon, yep. most likely, or potentially next week. Anyway, there will be a juicy Patreon episode yes. this Friday. So don't you worry. Regardless of topic, please sign up for the Patreon. It is my birthday next week. It could be your little birthday gift to me. Yeah, please. You know this bitch loves seven ninety nine. dollars And true. with that, we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologist, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.